Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Talk Healthy to Me podcast. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner. <laughs> I'm just oh my kidding. goodness. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. It sounds like Lucas wanted to take the lead. So as this you can is... see, our co-host Lucas Joyner will be with us today. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about lessons we've learned in our first two years of marriage. So Lucas, we've been married for two and a half years now, yep. coming up on it. Yeah, two and a half years. Coming so, up on three in September. Ooh. So. So by no means are we experts, and I know there's a lot of other podcasts with people that have been married, you know, 10 plus years out there, but I do think that we both are completely different people from the day that we first got married. Like over these two years, we've learned so much and changed so much, and this is a topic we're really passionate about, and I think we have just a little bit of insight. I also think it'll be fun to maybe five, 10 years from now, look back on this episode and realize like, wow, you had no idea. And then, I don't know, maybe each year do another episode on the same topic and see how we've grown since then. I think it's also beneficial to hear from the early side because once you get to like 10, 15 years plus, you kind of aren't remembering the early days as much, but like being able to relate to the early um, struggles and growth and all those kind of things is It's beneficial as well. True. So I think whether you've been married for 10 plus years or you're newlyweds or you're engaged or you're dating or you're single, you can take some type of insight for this and just maybe relate to it or maybe look forward to parts of this um, stage of your life or whatever. But I think it'll be a fun conversation and we're really excited to dive into it together. So shall we? Let's go. So we want to keep this one short and sweet and to the point. So I've written out about five little lessons that we've learned. And we're just going to dive into each one of those. So the very first lesson is a really positive one. And that is that when you are married, that person becomes your unconditional best friend. And there are so many aspects to this. But when you think about it, you have best friends when you're single, best friends before you start dating and all that. And there's ways that you go about that friendship. You try to get to know them. You try to I don't know, relate to them, to learn about all their interests, the things that maybe upset them or annoy them, the things that make them happy. And you just are in this full pursuit of getting to know this person and spending time with them. And I think that's easy to forget in your first couple years of marriage that that is your person. Um, So I think the biggest thing to take away from knowing that they're your unconditional best friend is to know that you want to be a best friend that uplifts them and adds wind to their sails. You want to be a best friend that supports them and makes them feel empowered and encouraged and just happy in general. Um, And I know Lucas has been that for me and I try to be that for him to the best of my ability. Um, But when you think about it, it, yeah, it's, it's difficult to view your partner sometimes as like, okay, not only are they my romantic partner, but they are my best friend and I want to be a good best friend to them. Yeah. You have to kind of realize that going into marriage or dating or anything is that you're spending every single day, especially marriage, you're spending every single day with them morning and night. And if you're working with them or not working with them, but dinners, meals, um, then obviously when you get into children, it's every single day type thing. So you have to go into it knowing that you're gaining a best friend or relationship, a partner for life. Yeah. So, and it keeps the relationship so fun and alive. Like 
I do not laugh harder with anyone else than Lucas. Like yeah. we, I laugh my ugly laugh, my wheezing laugh. Like we're just constantly laughing. Probably me and Ziggy both. Yeah, though. you and Ziggy both, <laughs> both the boys. But yeah, that's someone who constantly encourages me and constantly just makes me happy throughout the day. And I'm so thankful that I have a best friend in Lucas because I know it's unconditional. And I know every day when I wake up and every day when I go to bed, like that best friend is still there. So trying to view each other as that nonstop, I think is my first lesson in my first tip. And I think looking at it like as a romantic partner, but actually as a best friend, like what you're wanting from a best friend um, outside of the romantic side, just from day to day, another girl, another guy, whatever, you grew up having that best friend that you loved about them and that you really wanted their support, like trying to find that in your romantic partner as well. Yeah. I think benefits that kind of topic um, a ton. Yeah. I think another thing growing up thinking about like my past best friends and everything, Like I was saying at the beginning, I got to know them so well to where I could almost like read their mind sometimes or whenever we were around other people in conversations, I kind of knew like how they felt about certain topics and stuff like that. And I knew the little pet peeves they had or the things that they didn't love to do. And then I also knew the things that they like really love to do, the things they find joy in and when they feel most peaceful, when they feel just good. And so I was able to like help them to feel good and also um, what's the word, like stray away from doing anything that would annoy them or be a pet peeve to them because I knew that because they were my best friend. So I think that's smart to just like get to know them really well and to be aware of those things so you can add life to them and not add like annoyances or I don't know, negativity into their life. You're also going to be a lifetime like wingman Yeah. outside of the, you know, trying to, the typical wingman quotations on it is obviously helping you get a significant other or find a date or something but you have a lifetime wing partner in the sense that when you go out to public when you go to events when you go to parties or go out to dinner with another couple like you're having to read that situation and read your partner because like maybe they you know they feel awkward in a certain situation or maybe yeah. you see something coming where you know they're not gonna like either like it or it's gonna annoy them maybe or push their buttons and then you kind of can um i said push their buttons because <laughs> That's something Brindley says to me all the time. <laughs> but you know something's coming up that might not sit well with your partner. Um, so you're able to twist the situation and help her out of it or help the awkwardness because she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so just know, like, it, you're, you're a lifetime wing partner in any situation in the public space, knowing because you know that person so much yeah. um, and how they react to things, you're able to help out those situations and make them flourish to their For best sure. um, ability. I love that. I think the next tip, I think we covered that one pretty well. The next tip is become aware of your differences. And there are so many aspects we could talk about on this. But at the end of the day, you are two completely different, completely separate, unique individuals that in marriage, you literally become one. But that doesn't mean that you don't have like the past of how you grew up and the little things that you do differently on a day-to-day basis, whether that's simple, like which way you put the toilet paper roll or like how you fold the laundry or if it's actual morals and beliefs that you have different. But I think especially before marriage, making sure that you understand where you guys are different because that could be something like that's a make or break. For sure. And I think no matter what, you're always going to have differences, but there's some things that are more of a break <laughs> than than a make, I guess. So getting to know that before you enter into marriage, first off, Um, And then once you are married, being able to talk about that and say like, okay, why do you think this way? Oh, because you were raised to think blah, 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 blah. Or why do you do it this way? Oh, because your mom taught you that when you were younger and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think the big things you need to obviously talk about and know the differences. And I'll just rattle off um, examples, but, you know, like politics, um, kids, insurance, um, how they kind of use money or what their savings are like or um, what their plan is as far as business and life and job, all those things you need to kind of address, I guess, or be aware of the differences and how they operate on those situations just so they don't cause conflict once you're in a relationship or once you're married. Um, and those are obviously the big things that can cause something to happen. So knowing and being aware of those early on is way more beneficial. But then there's a lot of the funny things that once you get married and she's talking about the toilet seat or the groceries or you leave the refrigerator open for a long time or things like that that are going to come up and be kind of funny. But um, yeah, yeah, those those are the experiences we've um, had the most of are just little little tiny things that I, we, I have an example. we laugh about. I have an, a real life example that maybe some of you can relate with. But I grew up, my parents were awesome and I love them so much. And they provided for me and all of that. I'm so grateful for them. I don't want you to hear this and think that I'm not. But I did grow up with a little bit of a scarcity mindset. I was kind of always told like only use, you know, three squares of toilet paper, or only one pump of soap because we don't want to be wasteful. Like this is hard earned money. And I kind of grew up with this not so good mindset around money of just like didn't really have enough or didn't have a surplus of it, I guess. The freedom. Yeah, the freedom of money. Um, Just financially a little bit constricted. And then a second thing is I also grew up talking about like the health industry. I grew up thinking that sugar-free, fat-free, zero sugar, those type of food labels were actually healthy for me. And that's just the way, whether it was from my parents or from, you know, media that I grew up watching or whatever, I thought that was healthy and that's what I should aim for. Um, And Lucas grew up very like natural food, organic, like a lot more truly healthy. And so those things combined, when we got married, I was at first going to the grocery store and trying to find the cheapest eggs, didn't care about where they came from or what the quality was. And Lucas was the opposite. He was going in and trying to find the highest quality, what is it, farm raised, no GMO, pasture raised, all of the things. And I was like, that was foreign to me. And so that was definitely something that came up in our marriage right away that I had to learn really quickly was like, whoa, we do this completely different. And I didn't really understand where he was coming from because in my mind, it was like, save money, do it the cheap way. Eggs are eggs. There's no difference. And his was the complete opposite. He wanted the highest quality. And that's something that I had resistance to at the beginning because I was like, no, like we don't have to do it that way. But slowly over time, I actually was able to switch my mindset because I had an open mind and I wanted to learn from Lucas in that. And he was able to deep down explain the reason behind that and why we should be fueling our bodies properly the best way that we possibly can and why true health is wealth and that we don't need to worry about the $1 difference or whatever it is on those eggs because being healthy from the inside out means more than the actual dollar percentage on those. That's just one small example, but little things like that do come up when you realize like I was raised this way and I can either be closed off and continue in my way or I can allow this person to come in and teach me something and maybe merge paths to where we can find a middle ground or just agree with them in that. Yep, that's true. Shout out my mom. That was... (laughs) Shout out Bonnie. Shout out, shout out Bonnie. Um, That was a lot of my my parents kind of putting that on me and then I just took it and kind of grew from it and then grew more and more and did my own research and that's why you know we've started Kaisos and all of that good stuff is just because we became so passionate about health and wellness that we wanted to kind of 
have her own take in it and have her own hand in it. Oh, I have another one. Do you? I was, yeah. I literally was trying to think of another one. I have one. another one. So my mom is like the biggest free spirit, like empath, like just a very go with the flow type of person. We grew up moving every two years. Um, I grew up like walk around beach towns barefoot, would never lock my doors, like just little things that were like very carefree and like, I don't know, free spirit vibes. And so I'm naturally like that. The beach life. Yeah. And I love that about my mom so much. I think those are some of her most beautiful characteristics and tendencies. And I love that I'm like that. But Lucas didn't really grow up with all of those same tendencies. (laughs) I mean, he just grew up in a different environment and like in a city and all of that where you couldn't really live that way. And so merging paths in that way, it was just like little daily lifestyle things where like if I didn't lock the door, it was like crazy and weird or I don't know, barefoot sometimes and just little things here and there that I was like, whoa, we're, we're actually really different in these. But again, I think Lucas has taken on some of those qualities from me. Like I think now living in Florida, both of us yep. and within the first year moving like three times, I can see that, yes, maybe with the egg example, I merged and took on his qualities, but in other examples, he's merged and taken on my qualities. So I think that's so beautiful that we can use our past upbringings and reevaluate and say, okay, this is how I was brought up. But now that I'm with this partner, is that the way that I want to continue? Or am I open to changing the ways that I live because I see this beauty in them now too? I think we've done a really good job of being open to each other's different ways because I know if I would have been closed off and you would have been closed off to the certain ways that we lived before, like we wouldn't have the life that we have that we have now and live the life that we live now. And I I love the life that we live together now, but it incorporates a little bit of both of our upbringings that we had to be open-minded to in order to get to this like middle ground place. Yeah, I think another thing under um, becoming aware of your differences, just one more thing under this point is we've realized that we process and communicate very differently. So whenever we have something that we disagree on, (laughs) Lucas wants to talk about it right away. Like the second it said, he wants to be like, wait, 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 let's talk about this. Like, why do you think this blah, 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 like wants to get it out of the way. And I'm more of the person that wants to sit back, reflect for hours or even a day, and then talk about it when I have a more clear mind and fully understand where I'm coming from on that. So we're very different in both of those ways. And that was something early on that we actually, it made our arguments worse because- This is something we're still working on now. Yeah, because not only would the argument spark, but then the communication would like add- fuel to the fire of that argument because it was like well why are you shutting off from me and I was like well why are you drilling me with questions and so then it just adds that fuel to the fire that doesn't need to be there but we started to take a step back and realize like we're not fighting against each other we need to figure out how we both communicate because that is kind of where the issue is lying and so now we've come to a middle ground where like I'll acknowledge the problem with Lucas and I'll say like, okay, I get it. We need to talk about this and I'm going to, but just give me a little bit. Let me think about it first and then we can come back to this conversation. But I don't go like days without talking about it where I used to maybe do that more. And Lucas at the same time has been able to be more understanding in that I need more time than him to process um, when things go like wrong or when we disagree on things. Yeah, it's that's, that's been a like looking at it now, we're not in a fight, obviously, or in an argument. So it's funny. But those are, that's probably one of the hardest. Yeah. Like the most difficult um, difference we have is just the way we handle conflict or yeah. um, trying to communicate the conflict where I want to get it over with. I'm just the person that's like, yo, we still love each other. We messed up. Whatever happened, like, let's just talk it out real quick and get it over with and like never think about it again and that's just the way I work because I just never 
I hate being upset or angry or annoyed with someone. Um, and I think it, it happened early on in my life. I used to tell my parents and like uh, family everything that I did wrong right away or want to talk about it just because I hated the the conflict or knowing that we're upset and could be happy. You wanted reconciliation right away. Yeah, right away. I just, I just wanted to be, I was, I knew there was happiness somewhere in there and I just knew I didn't want to feel this way and I wanted to be happy. So let's just get there as soon as possible. Yeah, I know. I think this actually leads into our third point right here. Um, and that is to learn to argue effectively. And so arguments are going to come up like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, we're perfect. We never argue because we do bicker about things a lot. I mean, there's little things that we we're both very independent people. And there's things that come up on the daily that we're like, "Mm, no, I want to do it this way. And especially because we work together. We are each other's like coworkers, I guess. We work (laughs) together and we're both kind of very driven and independent. Yeah. And so we like it our way and we think in our head that is the way to go. And I'm very and I'm very guilty of that one because I'm just independent go getter and I I know what I want, and then sometimes I forget, which is, is going to be another point here, but sometimes I forget I need to keep in, keep Brindley in mind on this decision. <laughs> yeah. So I think to learn to argue effectively means that you realize that every miscommunication, argument, disagreement, whatever, you're working for a solution. You're fighting for that solution. You're not fighting against the person because you guys are a team. Like Lucas and I, we are a team. We are on each other's team. We are on the same team and we don't want to fight against each other. We want to fight to get to a solution that makes both of us happy and that you know fixes the problem. So I think keeping that in mind is one of my biggest tips is in every argument, everything that comes up, say he does something that makes me mad or says something that makes me mad. I need to be looking at that thing he said or that thing he did, not at him. And I need to be able to explain myself of why that upset me, why that made me mad and come at him with grace and not with accusation because that's only going to make him put defensive walls up and get back, get mad back at me um, when it was never about us fighting against each other. It's just about how I felt because of what was said or done. And that's where the problem lies. And you need to know once you kind of get in the arguments, once you start arguing, it may, everything becomes worse. Yeah. So like trying to address everything in each other's minds, like addressing what's happening and not just lash out because I feel like arguments, when they, once they start to happen, they immediately get worse. Yeah. Things are said that don't, aren't meant. Yeah. But, but they, go ahead. But I was going to say, not to interrupt you, but I think that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think we do argue well because we've put up boundaries of like, we're not going to raise our voice. We're not going to yell. We're never going to name call. We're never going to say things out of like anger towards each other that we don't think are actually true, you know? And and everyone's argued with their best friend or their parents and then been like, dude, I should not have said that. Yeah. That wasn't the right thing to say. And I think something for me, when I look back on like something from my childhood, when someone was yelling at me or telling me I was wrong or getting me in trouble for something um, from my childhood, it was like I had to put up walls of defense to defend myself kind of. And instantly in my head, I was like, this person is against me. This person is mad at me. I'm getting in trouble. And so my mind wants to tell me to react that same way when Lucas brings something up sometimes. And the reality is that's not Lucas's heart. That's not who Lucas is, despite of people that have done that to me in my past. Um, So my first reaction is like, I got to put up walls. He's accusing me of this. 
he's getting mad at me for this when really he could just be bringing something up that maybe we can work on together. Um, And that's not his intention at all. So I have to consistently remind myself that I don't need to bring past patterns into this relationship because he's not the same as things that have happened in the past. And I, I have to think like he's on my team. He's here for me. He loves me. And he just wants to make this relationship the best it can be. So let me be open-minded to that and not put my defensive walls up right away. And that is the point of the whole thing. Those last few sentences. I have an example real quick. That's not any kind of argument or anything mean or anything like that. But Brinley on this topic, this exact <laughs> thing is that at the end of the day, we're a team, right? And so Brinley is a content creator and a very good one at that. She makes amazing videos, YouTube, Reels, everything. Um, And usually the way it goes, she'll create something to be like, look how cool this is. Like, come check it out. Like, what do you think? What do you think of this post? Um, And so I'm, I'm a creative guy in marketing and business and everything like that. And so sometimes I I have a creative eye, so I'll give her (laughs) feedback. Perfectionist. (laughs) Yes, I'm a perfectionist. Um, at heart. And so when she asked me these things, I wanting the best from her or wanting the video or post to be the best, I give her my feedback. And I, <laughs> and sometimes I might like be a little over the top, but sometimes I'm not. Um, but this has caused at the beginning, some kind of like, um, I guess, wall to be built or her to get a little upset and being like, Oh, you don't like it. Or um, she just gets kind of defensive, like she said, because she thinks I'm kind of attacking her or saying the video or whatever she created was not that good. In reality, I'm on her team and I want everything she does to be the best and I want the best from her or um, I just see something like, hey, if you just maybe spelled this or said this this way or, you know, chopped up a little bit faster, this video is going to be unreal and it's going to be your best video yet. Um, And so I'm wanting the best from her. I want to be her teammate. I want to help her. And sometimes that was really hard at the beginning and we're still working through it because I try not to overstep, but also try to give her my feedback. Um, but that's something that happens yeah. you know, a, a decent amount. And it's funny because we kind of laugh about it. Like, okay, yeah, like you, yeah. Do, you do you. Um, I think we've grown in that though, because when that's happened in the past, just for a quick example, if you're not tracking, like I make a really fun TikTok, I show him, I'm like, oh my gosh, look what I just created. This is so cool. Look at this. And he's like watching it, whatever. And he's like, oh wait, you should probably put that at the beginning. And so in my head, I'm into like, he doesn't like it. He hates my work. I didn't do a good job. And I just feel kind of like personally attacked by that, which that's my own personal problem, but that's just the way I felt. And so now I've been able to communicate to him like, yes, I want your feedback and I trust your feedback. And I know you want to make me and everything I'm doing like better and add life to that. But at the same time, I'm going to need a little bit of reassurance from you first. So now Lucas has been able to switch his approach to be like, this video is awesome. I love this video. That is so good. You did such a good job. But I also noticed maybe you could switch this thing up too. And so I'm able to receive that so much better because I'm able to feel affirmed in the thing I showed him, but then also know that he has my best interest in mind and wants to help me make it the best possible. It's so all about the delivery. I think we've grown in that a lot. It's all about the delivery. Yeah. Um, another thing under the arguing effectively topic is communication. Communication is key. And I know everybody says that, but I've found it to be so true in our relationship. And just in the past two years, we've realized how important communication really is. I know in the first year, there were multiple instances where I didn't want to just 
tell him exactly how I was feeling and be vulnerable and spill all my feelings on him because us just in general as women were very emotional beings. And I felt like that was kind of a burden to throw on him newly into a marriage. Um, so there was times when I would be like upset about something or sad about something and I wouldn't explain to him why I felt that way and even a little bit vice versa too. But we realized when talking about it, there were so many instances early on that one of us maybe thought the other was mad at them or was upset with them or pissed about something. And we went the whole day thinking like, Lucas is mad at me. But in reality, Lucas was preoccupied by something that was going on with work. So he was just acting a little bit, you know, um, distracted and standoffish that day. And in my head, I've made this whole story up of like, oh, he probably was pissed from the morning. I forgot to make the bed. And then he was mad about this and blah, 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 blah. And I went the whole day feeling that way when in reality, it wasn't anything to do with me. And if we would have just communicated those feelings, it would have been solved much easier without I think, all the, the, the bad feelings throughout the day. I think one of the most important things there is having a check-in with your partner, especially if you work together, but just having a check-in, seeing what's going on in the day. Was it stressful? Do you have a lot of meetings? Um, like what's happening? Yeah. So you kind of know the gauge of like, hey, this is like my busiest day ever. I have a couple bad phone calls or I did have a couple bad phone calls. Yeah. Um, and so then you're able to check in and know that's kind of coming, I guess, and that not to think like he's mad at me or maybe he's a little bit more standoffish today just because of these things that happened during work. Yeah, exactly. I think in marriage, you you kind of feel like you're so connected and you're so like on each other's team that if one person's in a bad mood for something, you instantly go to what did I do wrong? Yeah. But a lot of the times it's not really about you. It's about something else. So just being communicative in, in every little thing. Okay. I think the next point we'll move into, and this is a big one. It's that you can no longer be selfish. Oh, um, I want to, I want to talk on this one. Yeah. Luke is passionate about this one, but basically we grew up like your whole single life and even maybe in early dating stages, you were able to be selfish. And I don't think that's like necessarily a bad thing. I don't mean it's like greedy type of selfish. I just mean it's selfish in the fact that your whole life, like your college or your school or your sport and everything was just about striving to become like the best version of you and striving to you know, put yourself first in all those areas. And I think that's okay for seasons, but once you enter into a life with someone else, all that kind of goes away. And it's not just about you becoming like the best version of you anymore. It's like doing that alongside of someone else. So a lot of dynamics of your life changes with that. Yeah. For 90% of the people, your single life, all you have to do is worry about yourself Yeah, and your decisions. And if you're going to work out what you're going to eat, where you're going to drive, I have class, I need to study for this test and I need to do this work. And so all you're doing is worrying about what you have to do for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something right off the bat when we started talking about this topic. This is number one for me that I noticed right away when we got married was that I no longer got to solely worry about myself. And that is in every situation of life and every area of life. That's the gym. That's the work life that's moving that's visiting my parents that's anything it no longer is just like hey i'm gonna go do this it's like asking or like hey do you want to come with me so an example of this that played out pretty early in our marriage was my work life i'm okay with working late at night one two in the morning because i'm a perfectionist in my head and so i need to get done whatever i start doing and i have a hard time stopping early on in our marriage that didn't work out. That didn't fly. It was causing problems. I'd be up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning doing work. And, and that's not cool. On when, Brindley. when grandma Brindley's going to sleep at 930. Yeah. So <laughs> alone. 
<laughs> so that early on was a big, you know, something I had to shut down and be like, I need to finish my work earlier. Like, I just need to finish it. I need to start it earlier, whatever the case may be. I need to get it done before we plan on going to bed or winding down. And so that was one of the hardest things for me. Yeah. Um, and it was not in a bad way. It was just a big learning curve of life is no longer about my decisions. Yeah. And I think like decisions is one thing, but just a very simple thing is just the way you live in general. Yeah. Everything about the way you live affects that person now because you're living in the same household. And so when it comes down to that, it's like your environment, how you keep yeah. your room clean. If, if you make your bed in the morning, if you do dishes right away once you're done with them, little things like that that you don't think about, that could have a huge impact on your partner that you didn't really know about before living together because they become your roommate all of a sudden and you know it just changes everything. Um, another one is financials. Like yeah. That was a huge thing for me was I couldn't just go to the mall and like spend whatever I wanted to spend because it was no longer just my money. Like we are coming together and I know a lot of couples do this differently, but personally, I'll just say it. Me and Lucas view our money as like the same thing. Like we don't have a separation with that. We have the same bank account and all of that. We view our financials as like just one. There's no separation. So now from going from a single girl to and being able to just like go to the mall and, you know, throw down whatever I wanted and not really care sometimes if I had like a big paycheck come in and I wanted to spend it and there's something I had my eye on and it was easy and I didn't have to think twice now it's the opposite like every little thing that I buy or spend money on it's not just my money it's both of ours so it's a conversation that needs to happen um so it's yeah just everything about life in general each aspect there's something that can be a cause that has an effect on your partner. So you just have to like really dive deep and think about each little thing that you do, Yeah. which I don't want that to sound like a negative thing because it's beautiful because it's beautiful to be able to have another person involved in your choices. But it is kind of like a wake up call when you've been just focused on living your life separately for so long. There's been a lot of times when I've been taught things about myself through marriage and it really didn't have anything to do with Lucas. It had to do with like me learning about why I do things or think things the way that I do. Um, and even down to like when we get groceries and there's one Olipop left, which is my favorite <laughs> drink. And if Lucas goes and cracks that Olipop, Olipop open, I'm like, what the heck? That was mine. Like you already <laughs> had one. That's mine. Dismine. And that just shows like the flaw in me and in my heart as a human is we are like by nature selfish and we want what's supposed to be ours in quotes on what's supposed to be. Um, and that's just how every human heart is to some degree. So I think being married, it's been such a beautiful thing because it's really made me pull back those layers and be like, why do I think that Olipop is mine? Why do I feel like I um, just deserve like this thing, even when it comes to little snacks in our in our <laughs> this, fridge this, and stuff? This just happened last night. Yeah, it's little things like that that make you realize like, dang, I actually do have some selfish tendencies in me where it's like you just, you just um, assume that like, you know, that thing is yours and that's the only way it is. Because before you get married, it's all yours. Whatever's in the refrigerator is yours. Let's go on. Dang, we said we were going to keep this short, but I feel like it's already getting long, whatever. We have one more topic here. And this is that you are still your own person. Therefore, you need to make time for the things that make you you, even in a relationship, even in a marriage. Because if you don't, and you just kind of like 
piggyback on everything that your partner does and become just like them, you're going to lose a sense of you. And that's the things that bring you joy, the things that make you you. And not only that, but the things that your partner fell in love with you for. So you have to find time to still be you outside of your marriage. And for me, that looks like alone time. I love my alone time. I love to go on walks with a podcast. I love to go to the beach alone sometimes. I even like to go get a lunch by myself sometimes. And that's totally okay. But those are things that I did before marriage. And I have to find ways to incorporate them into my life still in marriage. Um, And tying that into the selfish thing, of course, there's a balance. And of course, I can't be going out alone every day of my life because that's going to make Lucas as my partner feel lonely. But I have to find that sweet balance of still being there for my spouse, like in supporting him in our marriage, but also still being able to be my own independent person sometimes too. Yep. And this is, it's also the things you do, but it's the things that you love doing. So yes, you can go out and be independent and um, go shopping and eat lunch and everything by yourself, but it's also to still do the things that you love. And so I'll give you an example of this one. Our upbringings as far as sport and stuff was totally different. (laughs) Um, So I played soccer my whole life into college and then was going to try to pursue it professionally and then business and Brindley came along and um, I decided to pursue that, which was the best decision I've ever made because soccer wasn't the healthiest for me. So that was my whole life. I loved being competitive. I loved like playing a board game. I was competitive. If it was sports, it was competitive. It was lifting. It was competitive. And so I've always had that side in me. Brindley doesn't really. That was something on this topic of you still have to be you because they fell in love with it and you can't change that or you'll become them. This was my competitive sport side for me. And I've tried my best to still do it. So High Rocks was another big thing. Which is a fitness competition. Yeah, fitness competition. Even running races. We just, Doug and I just did a 50 miler. And those are things that I still have to do in my life and still have to incorporate that Brinley really doesn't understand. She doesn't find the joy that I find in you know, a fitness race or something. Those are things that you still have to be you and find ways to do it and vice versa. The person that is not on the same page, you have to be accepting yeah. of that and allowing them to still be them. So it's not so much of you just going to continue to be you, you go do this, you go do that, but it's the saying, I actually understand where they're coming from and they need to continue doing the things that make them them. Yeah. And that uh, bring them joy and bring them growth and all of that good stuff. Yeah. I think another huge thing is having friends outside of your relationship. Well, not not technically outside of your relationship. Like, of course, we love our double date friends. If you guys know Mary Margaret and Noah from like Instagram and everything, like we have a bunch of friends that we love to go on double dates with and stuff. But I think it's really important for me to go have girl time sometimes and for Lucas to go have guy time sometimes. Um, And I always come back from hanging out with the girls, like excited to see Lucas and feeling refreshed because we do spend a lot of time together and it's really refreshing and nice to go just have a girl day and realize like I miss Lucas and be able to go home to him. And that's really nice. And I think there are time, there were times in our lives when we didn't really have community where we were living um, and we didn't have best friends that were like outside of the relationship. And I think it's kind of hard sometimes then because you're really just relying on your spouse, your person to kind of be that for you. And Lucas can't fulfill like my friendship side in the way that my girlfriends can. Like he will never be able to do that. Well, and I, likewise, I can't like, do a little trial and haul with you? No, you can't do a trial and haul. And like I could never go throw a football with Lucas and yep. fulfill his friendship needs in the way that his guys can. Um, so I think it's important to not neglect your friends when you get married. And I know like right when we got married, 
married, like you just want to be with each other 24 seven. Like it's kind of honeymoon stages. And I think we definitely walked through that, but knowing where we are now with our friends, like I go have beach days with my girls all the time. And I think I just feel like a lot healthier in that. And I think community is so important in that. And then also when you are either dating or married or whatever, having friends that you can go on double dates with, that has been such a light in our life because it's opened our eyes to see like, this couple also understands like we'll have conversations where it's like oh so and so my wife did this and it was so funny and blah 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 and like we can just relate to people in that way and it makes us feel a little less alone in like small funny whether it's disagreements or arguments or just like silly things that come up we're like okay we're not crazy like they bicker too like this happens too and it just makes you i don't know you you feel a sense of community that i think is really important in a marriage yep I totally agree. The last thing I want to say on this point is you've got to keep your own cup filled because of of course that person is there for you to give you life and give you encouragement and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like you don't want to just have this hole in you that they have to pour into nonstop and they have to compliment you nonstop for you to feel accepted and everything. You want to be able to do that for yourself so that you can love them from a full place. Like you don't want to just be draining them. You want to be someone who's confident in themselves, happy, just as you are so that you can be a good partner to them as well and then they can reflect and mirror that back to you and it can be a healthy relationship that just keeps walking forward together and not constantly like having to pour into someone's cup nonstop. and i know i said that was the last thing i was going to say on this but it does relate to filling your own cup or keeping your cup filled um we're christians and regardless of what you believe in i think that's so important to make sure that all the parts of you that are like needing something are fulfilled by God. Like I can't come to Lucas not knowing my worth, not knowing my value, not knowing I'm loved by God or else I'm going to put all that pressure on Lucas to like fill those holes in me. And he's not God. He's a human and humans will always have flaws. They'll always fall short sometimes and they shouldn't have this crazy like God pressure on them to fulfill all of your needs. So if I can first go to God and have those things fulfilled by God, then I can come to Lucas as like a full human and as someone that knows my worth, knows my value, and I don't have to just like pull all of that in from Lucas and put that pressure on him. So I think that's really important. And I know not everybody listening is Christian or does believe in God. So if you can't resonate with that right now, I mean, find it in yourself and try to find ways to just you know, fill your own cup in those areas. But if you can resonate or if you are open to God or just a relationship or your faith at all, I think that's so important. And it's literally the backbone of what makes a relationship healthy, at least for us. Yeah, I heard someone say before, don't put your partner as God. Don't allow them to be God because they'll never be able to fulfill everything you need. And then, you know, the relationship's just going to go downhill from there because they'll never be enough. So if you find all your fulfillment in God, then you're not pulling everything from your partner. Yeah. Because then you're not demanding so much from them. You already know your worth and your value and they can just be the cherry on top of everything they give you. Exactly. All right. Well, I hope you guys took some tips away from this episode, whether you're married, single, dating, whatever. I hope something was beneficial to you and maybe you could just relate to this too because it's always awesome when you can just feel a little less alone in relationships or just life in general. Um, So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we're going to leave you with a challenge like we try to do at the end of every episode. Our talk healthy challenge. Yeah. 
Yes. So this challenge, and it will be written in the description if you want to like actually go read it or screenshot it. So this week's challenge is I want you to list out five to eight characteristics that you want in a partner. Now, whether you are single, engaged, dating, or married, you can still do this because even if you have a partner, you can still list out things that maybe some of them that partner is already, and maybe it's some things you want them to work towards, whatever it is, list out those things that you want in a partner. After listing them out, I want you to read through them and reflect, are you mirroring those qualities? Because the partner that we want We need to be doing those things that will attract that partner and will be mirroring that partner, if that makes sense. So I want you to think, just really reflect and think like, these are the things I want and these are the things I desire in a partner. Now, am I equally mirroring those things? So I want you to reflect on those. And then if you're like, wow, I'm actually not doing any of those things, I want you to write down some ways that maybe you can work towards those things. And if you are like, awesome, celebrate that and keep doing them. But that's your challenge that we want to leave you with. And we have a little Kaizos update. Do you want to tell him? You tell him. Okay, we have a new product coming next week. Are we going to tell them the name now or tell them what it is? Sure, the podcast people can know. The podcast people. So I think beginning of May, we haven't solidified the date. We are launching unflavored, 100% grass-fed, hydrolyzed collagen. Now, this is something we use every single day in our coffee and our smoothies. And so it is a staple every single day in our lives. So that comes the beginning of May. Next week, we are launching our Team Kaizos, which is quote unquote ambassador program. And we're also restocking our cocoa mix. So just stick around. Yeah, tons of updates on there. So if you want to be an ambassador for Kaizos, that is going to be open for you and new products. So just check out the Instagram because all of that information, I know this is a lot of like blurb at you from a podcast so go check out that instagram and we'll have all the details on there as well as the links in the description on this episode and as always the podcast family gets their own code it's healthy 25 for 25 percent off once we launch those products and restock the products and if you join the team kaizos you will get 50 percent off every single month Ooh, Um, that's crazy yeah all right well we love you guys and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode it seriously feels like Yeah, we're having a conversation with ourselves, each other, but it just truly feels like there's a group of you just surrounding us right now when we talk to our mics. And that's so beautiful and so awesome. And we love this community we're building on here. So thank you for being here and we'll see you next Monday. Much Much love. love.